welcome to DevCast, brought to you by Devril Smith, the right people. DevCast is where property meets people, industry figures, news and views, what it takes to be your best. So sit back, earphones on, and enjoy this edition of DevCast. Welcome to Devcast, Devil Smith's audio series, which holds exclusive thought-provoking interviews, I hope, with professionals from the property industry. My name's Andrew Devil Smith. I'm the CEO and founder of Devil Smith, and I'm, I'm very, very excited today to be joined by Managing Director and Vice President EMEA of Matterport, James Morris Manuel. James began his career in commercial property, then chose the path of an entrepreneur, launching Virtual Walkthrough, now owned by Matterport, and uh, after virtual walkthroughs successfully reached number one in an EMEA, the company tripled in size over the last two years, I believe. So James is a, is a big voice within the prop tech industry, an expert on 3D and VR, as well as software. Um, so James, delighted that you've joined us today. Thanks very much. Great. It's great to be here. Thanks very much, Andrew, for having me. Well, it's obviously quite a topical sort of weird time. I should uh, I should express. Well, what are we on? April April the twenty second or something like that. Um, yeah, April the twenty second, twenty twenty, the the middle one one hopes at least of lockdown. Um, t- tell me about Matterport. I've known you for, you and your business for a few years, but if you wouldn't mind for our listeners, and I'm sure it's evolving every day. T- tell us about Matterport. Yeah, absolutely. So Matterport is the the leading 3D spatial data company. And our mission is to take the world's physical assets and make 3D digital twins of everything that's out there. So what that means is um, the 3D platform that we've created you can capture content as long as something is physically there. It can be captured, put onto the Matterport 3D platform so that the end user can look at the, the property, walk around as if they were actually there. They can judge size, space, dimensions, uh, and really have freedom to walk through a property. But that's just, that's just the beginning of what we do, but that's it in its uh, simplest form. My goodness, that's a one big mission to... to to cover everything that's out there in the world of real estate. How far into it do you, do you think you've managed to get thus far? So if I talk about the, the UK residential real estate market, uh, floor plans represent 84% of all of the properties sold in the UK. So of all those properties, 84% have a floor plan. Uh, with Matterport in the UK, we're still in the single digits percentage wise. And we see absolutely no reason why we can't be the de facto product of how buildings are represented around the world. And ideally, we, we are looking to make Matterport the verb. And, you know, has your building been Matterported? So we really see the technology as, as being a industry standard uh, of how physical assets are represented. And, and I mean, I've, I've seen it, and obviously, I've, I've, I've been um, I've been looking at you guys from the last for the last twenty four hours, just preparing for this chat. But for those that have never seen it, how does it work? You know, what what how how do you go from um, 
you know, having nothing to um, a, a Matterport uh, product if I am a, an, an owner of a, a piece of real estate? So the simplest way of explaining it is, so we have the 3D platform, which is Matterport, and then you have different ways of capturing the data. So we've released our own product called the Pro 2 camera, which is about £3,000. And you can go inside a property, capture the property with that camera. We've also done a partnership with a number of 360 cameras. So the Insta360, the Ricoh Theta and the Ricoh Z1 um, are, are partners that you can capture with those cameras and then load onto the Matterport platform. And then the third way is uh, also with the Leica BLK, which is a slightly more high fidelity, higher accuracy camera made by Leica. If you capture with that, you can load onto the Matterport platform. And uh, once everything is on the Matterport platform, it's created in 3D for the user. So to, to kind of simply talk through it, uh, anyone who has a camera physically goes to a property, captures that property systematically by moving through the property with the camera. They can usually capture at a rate of a thousand square feet in 25 minutes for residential. And for commercial, it's about 4,000 square feet in 25 minutes. So it's a very fast rate of capture. Once you've captured that property physically, upload it to the Matterport platform, the Matterport platform and our artificial, en artificial intelligence engine called Cortex does all of the processing and you have the finished model ready to launch on your website, on your Facebook, wherever you want within a few hours. And we guarantee all models within 24 hours, but they come through uh, often a little bit faster. So, so that's how you use us. Wow. And um, I guess, um, I, I'm really interested in, in understanding um, what benefits there are, what USPs pre-COVID, what were the market conditions um, in 2019 and, 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 and how, how's your business performing and who was getting involved? The, so I mean, the market's been on the, on the up for us and, and adoption has definitely been increasing uh, month over month, uh, all through 2019. The, for the residential real estate market, um, it's the key kind of factors of why people use Matterport is to help them win new instructions, to speed up the sales cycle, and to also help pre-qualified buyers before they come to physically view. So by using the media, uh, people can look online, they look at 10 properties virtually, and then they physically go and look at three before they can make a decision. So it's really speeding up that, that time element and also that cost element to uh, the current sales cycle. And, and, and in, in what was an ordinary world, what, what would, um, I, guess, I guess Rightmove and Zoopla and the big portals would be the gateway for most people to see uh, your um, your product, if I can call it that. Um, what 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 would those statistics look like, as opposed to some you know good quality but um, ordinary photos from the old school? What what would be the difference in 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 the click through rates, or how do you judge 
your your that your product against standard photography um so well we leave that up to all of the the agents themselves so some agents who buy the camera and do their own photography other agents will pay a photographer who has a Matterport camera to do the service for them. So that's how they get the tech, the media in the first place. Yeah. The, they then often measure, you know, they do AB testing uh, against, you know, this property when it only had photos versus this property with a virtual tour, but the numbers are obviously different for uh, different agencies. But one of the examples that I gave was we know on average, there are 10 viewings before an offer is made on a residential property and we have seen many examples where by having this media that's brought down to three viewings for example before an offer is made and it can be used in lots of different parts of the purchase path so for example um, first viewing can now be done online so the customer doesn't have to really go physically they go then physically to do their what is the second viewing but often they want to go back because they want to double check you know did this room have that feature or what was the floor in this room or you know particular fit out questions so they often want to go back for another viewing so that can then be done online we also know that nine um nine out of ten purchases in the uk have additional help other than a traditional bank and the media comes in very useful there when you can send the media to a you know, an uncle or an aunt or a family member and say, look, this is, this is the property I'm thinking about making an offer on. Um, please, can I have a little bit of cash to help me with the deposit? So it's really streamlining the entire process, both for the, for the vendor, for the agent and for the purchaser. And do you have any stats around how long people typically spend on a typical um, tour? the we do we do have some stats on usage time but i don't have them to hand because they vary depending on the property type so for example residential might be a few minutes whereas a museum that's been captured might be 10 minutes so i'd have to come back to you with exactly the numbers for for residential um, I'll, I'll let that one slide um <laughs> We were chatting, James, the day before last, just obviously sort of warming up to do this. And, and I, I'm very, very interested in um, Matterport across Europe as well. What can you tell me? What, firstly, where are you? Which markets do you cover? And secondly, if you talk to me again, pre-COVID, but what, what were the differences and what were the common themes that you see across Europe, maybe, uh, you know, including uh, the UK market? And, uh, and what, what's very different? Can you give me some flavour around that? Yeah, the, the, where do we trade? So there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff in there. So where do we trade? We trade in over 100 countries uh, across the world. So as Matterport as a business, um, we trade, we sell into a number of countries. As I'm sure you can imagine, the majority are in Europe, Middle East and Africa, uh, just because of the way Europe is, is a little bit more fragmented. So there's 116 countries and, and we sell into about 70 or so. Um, in Europe, Middle East and Africa. The core focus for Matterport in 2019 was always uh, the UK or British speaking Europe, uh, the French markets, 
the DAC territory, so the German speaking, and then Southern Europe with Italy and Spain. So those were our core markets uh, that we've always been selling very, uh, very well into. The secondary and tertiary markets, or we are starting to open up resellers in those territories. So we've just brought on a reseller in Israel, for example. We have another one in Greece. And we're looking to really expand our footprint in Europe through resellers into, into some of the markets. The, the world was going very well in 2019. I think that's the, the interesting thing is Matterport was really being adopted across all of the geographies and across all of the industries as well. So not just residential real estate, but all of the other industries that we sell in. So commercial real estate, travel and hospitality, architecture, engineering, insurance, construction. So the media is really used in lots of places. But as COVID came in, we saw Italy go into lockdown. And that was our kind of first example of what does lockdown mean? How is it being put in place? And I, a lot of the countries, uh, UK, France, Germany, Spain, saw what happened in Italy and then immediately rushed, to, rushed into Matterport. So we actually saw a, a, 600, sorry, a 700% increase in requests for models to be captured in March compared to what we saw in February. And we believe that that was down to the COVID kind of rush where countries watched Italy and went, okay, I need to figure out what my business continuity is going to be for, uh, for this period of time. I need to get my properties captured ASAP. And we saw a big rush of people coming in and, and capturing uh, as many properties as possible. And that, that has actually stayed at a very high level uh, all the way through till now. And it's interesting that now we're starting to see Italy reduce and relax their constraints. And we're seeing another surge, almost like a second surge in the Italian market where people are now starting to uh, be allowed out of their homes or set free um, and are really starting to capture everything again to, to make sure that they have uh, good business continuity um, for how they're gonna operate going forward. And, we, we think that this trend, COVID has definitely been the forcing function for people to think about digitalizing, digitalizing their portfolio. And we think that it's gonna be here to stay. Wow, and <clears throat> the second wave of um, uh, um, activity that you've seen in Italy, do you think that was sort of uh, people that felt they might've missed Missed the, missed, missed the boat a little bit first time round. So is that another wave or, or is that repeat customers? Do you, did you track that? Well, we do track and it's a mixture of both. So it's both new customers coming into Matterport who might have, might have not got in place prior to lockdown. And it's also existing customers who are now just doubling down uh, on their use of Matterport. So the, the second wave is I think a symptom of 
people taking the time during lockdown to really analyze what is their business process, what is their operational process, what are their workflows, how can they do things more effectively in the future. And as Italy is now has a go back, you know, a, a back to normal strategy, which isn't okay, everybody's free, everyone go back to offices. It's slowly, slowly, like let's open some schools. Let's not open the football stadiums yet. Let's open offices, but with re reduced occupancy. So they're not back to everyday trading. And business owners have taken the time during lockdown to think about how will their business look for the rest of this year and going forward. And now they're starting to implement it. Now the door's been kind of cracked open and they're, they're allowed to go into properties and capture properties. Uh, so that's why I think this will be the new normal because there will be this go back to work strategy that countries are taking, but it is, it is piece by piece. It's not just everyone's free off you go. So the virtual tour and the digital twin is going to, going to be even more important in this, uh, as we ease back into normality. James, are there any uh, lessons that our sector, the UK property sector, can learn from the, the Italian and the Spanish markets um, around how they, um, you know, are, what, what advantages can they pick up or how, you know, what, um, what ideas can you share from what you've seen our European friends deploy that have worked during this really in a really crazy time in terms of trying to function, function the property market and our, all of our businesses? Absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a tough question to answer because we're only maybe a few weeks behind some of the Southern European markets. So sure. we, we've definitely seen an increase in prop tech adoption across the board. Uh, whether it's specific to the Southern European markets, I couldn't say because we're only a few weeks behind them. Sure. I think some of this, some of these questions will come out in the wash as time goes on. I'm uh, sure they will. I'm, and, and what's the split of your client base? I, you've obviously outlined all the non-property agency industries that are, that are using your, your kit, but um, I presume the majority is still the, the, the property agents. Am I wrong? So a big chunk of the business is in the promote sector. And the way we define promote is sales and leasing of residential, sales and leasing of commercial property, uh, say a leasing or short-term letting of hotel rooms. So the promote space for us is, is the largest uh, category that we operate in. And in the UK represents about 70% of all of our business. The... Other 30% is made up of um, what we classify as design, build and operate. And op, um, build, sorry, is a very, very big part. So construction and construction documentation is becoming a very large part of our business where if you think about a house builder is building a, a new block of flats, they want to be able to capture that during the construction process at the end of every week. So after the uh, plumbing has gone in, they want to capture it then. After the electrical has gone in, they want to capture it again. After the screed flooring has gone in, they want to capture. So they want to be able to capture the whole way through the construction process 
to reduce snagging. And we know in the UK, you know, snagging costs is the equivalent of about 10% of the build cost. So that's a big cost saving they can make by reducing snagging. But also it helps them argue for when there's, you know, arbitration or litigation issues where you have a, a plumber saying the electrician broke something and an electrician saying the plumber broke something. You can just go back in time using the Matterport models and see actually who, who's really right. So those are some other use cases and they're becoming much larger parts of our business. Um, the other one that's probably worth calling out is uh, insurance. So insurance claims, being able to go in, capture a property as it is, but then if that property uh, sadly gets burned down, being able to go back again and capture the fire damage and then you have like uh, an ability to compare what is it going to take to put this property back to the spec it was originally in. And right. insurance is starting to become a bigger market for us as well. Fascinating. And James, where, where will this be 10 years from now? Where do, you, where do you think we will get to in terms of the technology, the, the user experience? Um, if if yeah, well, if you look into your crystal ball, where do you think Matterport will be, and and, and what what will I be doing, rather than the, looking at a screen on my laptop? Will it be fundamentally different to that? The that's a big question. The uh, there's lots of stuff. I mean, I can't give away obviously too much to do with the Matterport roadmap, and ten years out is quite hard to predict. But if I talk about some of the short term uh, or nearer term things that are, are happening, we have launched our AI called Cortex. And what our AI enables uh, Matterport to do is we can essentially take any 2D image and make it 3D. And we, can, and we can do that because we have such a big data set. So we've already got over two and a half million 3D models captured. And that's over a billion data points. So we have seen a dining room table in 3D from numerous different angles, hundreds of thousands of times. And because we have that level of data, our artificial intelligence engine Cortex is able to identify uh, the table. And also if you, if you feed in a 2D image, we can make that image 3D. So, and that's how the 360 capture solution works. So if you're capturing with a 360 camera, there's no actual 3D data behind that, but our Cortex engine is able to turn that into 3D based on the, you know, the artificial intelligence and machine learning that we have. And that will continue to develop. So if I talk about like some of the future uh, ideas of where cortex could take us what about the ability so one thing it can already do is identify objects it's seen enough dining room tables that it knows what a dining room table is it's seen enough doors that it knows what a door is so you could essentially plug your property into matterport and ask you can't do this right now just to be clear but in the future we could envisage the ability that you plug it into Matterport and you say, how many doors are in this property? And it gives you the answer straight away through uh, artificial intelligence. Or you have your property captured and you send it off to a painting company and you say, hi, painting company, I'd like you to 
uh, repaint the entire inside of my house for me. And that painting company can go into your model and they can identify how, how much square footage the walls are. So they know exactly how much paint is needed. They can see, they can see ex how many windows there are. So they know how to quote for painting the windows. And that kind of artificial intelligence object recognition uh, could really change the way that we do business across a number of sectors, not just residential real estate. Yeah, that's fascinating. I guess when I think of virtual reality, I think of people wearing this big set of, you know, fairly clunky plastic goggles over their head and, 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 and um, experiencing things live. Uh, will we be will we be viewing property like that in our own homes? Well, you can already do it today. So any of the any of the models that are captured with Matterport are already VR enabled. So if you do have a, a headset like the Oculus or even the Google Cardboard, you can actually view anything in uh, in VR today. The but yeah, so it's already available right now. The I think VR had a really big push in the last kind of two years of, of where it can go. And I think we're still at the beginning of, of that journey. Uh, so I think to answer your question about where's, where does the 10 years look, VR might play a bigger role over the, over the coming years because it really gives you the ability to, to feel emotionally present inside the property. And that's something that the VR does much more effectively than say a flat computer screen. Yeah. What percentage of uh, of 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 uh, property viewers do you think will be will be utilising that a, a couple of years from now? If you're saying it's already available, do you have any kind of expectations around how many people will, will be really go, going into the building, so to speak? Through through VR specifically, yeah, that's hard to predict. The uh, part of it is to. Part of it is hard because the VR headsets that are available are still a little expensive. The VR cardboard that you can use is becoming better. And until we get to a point where it's really commoditized down and, it, and it's just put your phone in the cardboard, off you go, uh, the, you know, kind of the uptakes are always going to be a little bit lower. So I understand why it's, it's, not used in uh, everyday circumstances today but going forward i mean I, I i would be guessing if i had to uh, figure out a percentage but i think it will be more prominent that's for sure and as soon as you start to develop on top of vr it might become even more interesting as well so being able to put on the vr headset and walk around and inside the uh, vr you have art you know overlay of of information added to that model um it might become even more immersive as well so i can't give you a percentage but i do think it will increase are there any agents out there now that have a, a sort of a, a, a technology suite where i could walk in and i could put on the goggles and i could look at house a b c d e and actually you know um not, not leave the estate agent's office are, are, there, are there firms out there that have ahead of the pack there is indeed so there's there's strutton parker in, in the uk they um 
have, have some headsets in some of their branches where you can be invited in for a cup of tea, put on the headset and look at 10 properties uh, straight in the branch office. So there are a few doing it and it's a nice way to attract people into the office for a you know, more detailed conversation on, on their property search. And uh, BNP Paribas in France have actually created the ability where two people can put on the headset and they can both be inside the model together talking about a particular property. So they've actually taken it a step further um, with their rollout. That sounds, that sounds brilliant. Um, James, I want to just move the subject a little bit to, we'll just part Matterport. You are an expert of the prop tech lands. You know, you, you, you're talking at many conferences. I'm sure you're, 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 you're more exposed than most to the prop tech scene, if I can call it that. And, and, um, and what's coming next or what's already here and, and changing the game. What's your take on, um the the next wave of disruption if 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 you were a, an investor looking to looking to put money into a certain product or an area of 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 the the prop tech sector which part of it catches your eye and why the so there's a, there's a couple of great companies out there um Aparo are doing a good job um with kind of valuations and give my view as another good company who are helping with the you know planning consultancy piece and, and how you engage with the local community so there's a, there's some great companies out there uh, solving some real problems i think my advice for choosing a partner or, or a product to buy or a company to invest in in the prop tech space is always to choose a partner who has you have a aligned visions with. So you have an aligned goal. You can see yourselves growing together. The solution that they're offering today is 90% right, but actually uh, um, the vision and the goal between the company and the prop tech provider is aligned. So you're on the same journey together. Uh, so that would be my advice. And from an investment, from a really pure investment point of view, is is the same. Choose companies that you think are growing in the right direction, and uh, and just be very vigilant on the ones which are solving a problem or fundamentally changing the industry. Yeah, that's really good advice. Another question, different but in the same kind of um, line, would be. What, what advice would you give to the more sort of um, to those in more of a startup phase around risk? You know, we're all, we're all locked down. I don't think too many owner managers of businesses would have predicted six months ago that we'd be, would be in a situation that we are. So if you if I'm a prop tech entrepreneur, as you have been very successfully and managed to scale to, to, to operate a global prop tech business, what what would be the um, what would be the risks that you'd flag to me? What should I be looking out for? Well, I think at the moment, the investment and we just touched on the investment market. The a lot of people are are 
sort of sitting on their hands at the moment. So if you're a prop tech company in your early stages, maybe in seed or coming into series A, it's, I think the landscape's become a little bit harder to raise money. So making sure that you have enough runway to get through this period so that you, you have, you can build and ramp up coming as everybody goes back to work. So I think a lot of uh, early stage companies have to be very careful with, you know, their, their burn rates and, you know, what is their go to market strategy and, and how much, you know, operating expense are they currently running with? So I think that's from the, the early stages and that would be kind of my big highlight of things to look out for. But if I, if I kind of fast forward a little bit, Virtual walkthrough. So the company that I set up, which which sold to Matterport, we set up in 2010, and 2010 was you know the recession, and it was similar trading conditions to you to as you see today. You know, harder workforce, harder harder economic times. Um, you know, people are really looking at their costs and their expenses. But what it gave us the ability to do is do a lot of internal work so that as the market started to pick up, companies had taken time to become laser focused on where is the cost savings? How can I do things more efficiently? Where are the operating gains that I can have? So during this recessionary period, companies are, have a point of inflection where they're like, they're analyzing how can they do things better? And as they come out of recession or as we go back to work or back to normal from COVID-19, companies are going to start to really look at prop tech solutions and say, okay, I need something to solve here, here, and here. Or I'm looking for a solution that can save me time here and here or save me cost here and here. And those, that is a very, very important time for a, a prop tech startup. And if, if the prop tech startups that are out there today can really get that right, weather this storm and position themselves in a, in a great place as the market opens back up again, I think we'll see some prop tech companies really flourish. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think this um, re remote working tech driven uh, economy that we find ourselves in today has to be game changing on lots of fronts does it not definitely and i think some of the new social and business norms that we are currently experiencing are here to stay and um i think flexible working is one of them i've i in the uk we don't have a flexible working you know uh Culture. normality like the us does you know, it's fairly normal in the US to have work from home one day a week and those kinds of things. And we don't really have that in the UK. But I think um, coronavirus has definitely been the forcing function for flexible working and work from home. And we're already running uh, conversations internally about, you know, what does what does that look like for us going forward? You know, not just the, the period of coming out of COVID and lockdown, but just forever. How, how does our workforce work together forever? Um, yeah. And what does that look like? I absolutely agree. And across the, the conversations I've had for the past month, broadly across the sector, um, uh, 
I think every single organisation is having those from one degree to, to another. James, as you know, in my world's talent, so talent within real estate. Um, what, what, what's your view on um, the, 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 the spread or the mix of, of talent today running a prop tech business? And um, if, what would you advise the really big players to do, if anything, uh, when it comes to um, the mix of talent within their organisations and how, how they need to function five years, ten years from now in a, in a more tech-enabled world? So, there's, I mean, the simplest way of talking about it is I think most companies have now realized that the last, the way they did business the last 20 years is not how they're going to do business in the next 20 years. So, the, they are, they're, everyone's fully aware of the kind of change management that's required to get them to the other side and, and, change the way that they operate. A lot of companies are hiring outside of the industry. So hiring chief technical officers that come from the music industry, for example, where the music industry went through some quite tectonic change. It was, everything was fine. And then one day the internet really got a hold on music and you know we consume music in a completely different way. And the, the music industry learn a very hard lesson uh, during that period. And I think for property companies, you know, hiring outside of the property gene pool from some of those uh, other industries or software or um, platform companies to help them navigate this change is going to be very important. And, you know, the rate of change is always an opportunity for those first movers as well. So the ones that can change the quickest um, in the most effective fashion can often gain market share and, um, and sometimes even overtake some of the bigger players that have been in the market for a long time. So I think a lot of, I think all companies are looking at this now. They're figuring out, figuring out how to do their change management. And to answer your question about personnel, it's, it's vital to get it right. The, the, human you know the, the physical bodies you have in your business is so important to how you operate what your go-to-market strategy but also what your collective um, problem solving abilities are as well so I, i'll give you just an example from metaport if you look at some of our senior team here we've got rj Pittman who was five years at Google, then five years at Apple, then five years as the chief product officer at eBay. And he's now the CEO of, of Metaport. And he comes with a completely different perspective uh, than you know, your traditional property person. We also have uh, Jay Remley, who's our chief revenue officer. He was 10 years at Google running Google Maps. So these are, are you know, pure you know, tech uh, leaders and at the at, you know the top of their their industries but they're, they're showing a, a fresh light and a fresh set of ideas and a fresh style a fresh vision on how property can be viewed in the future so I think my simple answer to you is it is really important to get the personnel right and uh, makes a big difference to any prop tech company and property company navigating this change. 
Well, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, James, just, just conscious of your time. So um, COVID-19 is here. It's real. There's a lot of businesses obviously struggling in one, in, in one way, shape or form today uh, within the real estate sector. What, what, would be your, what would be your parting message to those people and how might Matterport um, alleviate some of that pain? Do you, do you have anything that, that, that you can leave on that front can you, in people's minds? Sure. The, for me, these moments of pause are a great time to just look at your business and analyze how do you take the company to the next level? What processes need to be changed? What operational you know, structures or programs need to be improved? Where can you cut corners? Where can efficiency be gained? Where can you cut costs? And also, you know, fitting that into how, how do the consumers want to buy going forward? So taking this time to re for like real introspection and setting a strategy that is, um, can last you the next three, five years uh, of rollout. So I, I think for me, this moment is good for really focusing and then starting to execute on what would be a new go to market strategy um, to save you time, cost, uh, efficiency, and, and in turn, increase your profitability. So. And so how do we get hold of you, your guys? If, if, if people want to explore Matterport and have ideas that they believe you might be able to help them solve, what, what, what do they do? So the simplest way is if you, well, what's, let me start at the beginning. The great bit about Matterport is you can get started for as cheap as free. So our entry to get into the platform, it's at no cost. And all you have to do is go to matterport.com and you can sign up for a free account and get started like that. And uh, if you, then if you want to kind of grow from there, we can reach out to the sales team again through matterport.com and uh, one of the team in EMEA or US and, and even in APAC, we just opened an office in Singapore, will come back to you and uh, help you through the process and find the best solution for you. Amazing. Well, this is hopefully going to touch all three continents. And, and um, I, I found this fascinating. I think what you're doing is super cool. And I know... Um, I, I know that you've been very humble in the way that you have addressed COVID-19 because um, whilst, it, whilst it might have spurred your business forwards, it's obviously been challenging for many. So um, I, I really commend you for that. Um, as, as you may or may not know, I wrap these things up with quick fire questions. So you ready to dive into those, James? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I didn't necessarily come up with them. So they, they come from all corners of my firm. So popcorn, apparently, sweet or salty? Salty. Really? Um, beachside villa or city penthouse? Oh. Well, I'm actually looking for a new home right now, so <laughs> city penthouse would probably do be a lot more useful right now. I don't know about that, actually. But <laughs> well, with the new flexible working, you can, I can always just work from the beachside villa. Exactly. Actually, I have to That's think about that. that, that my head has trended the past four weeks. But um, anyway, Tiger King or Ozark? Oh, 
Tiger King was just great. It's like a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> Bowie or the Beatles? Oh, Bowie. Love Bowie. Good man. And if you could own one building in the world, any building, what, which one would it be and why? The well, <laughs> a new home would be great, um, which is what I'm currently looking for. But if I could own any building, I'd go with um, oh, that's hard. Something fun like maybe the um, Eiffel Tower and turn the top into a, a new flat, or yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> that would do. That would do very well. Um, James, thank you for your time. I know you're swamped and super busy. You've been ever so insightful and interesting and, 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 and I can't thank you enough. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. Andrew, thank you very much for having me. It's been uh, great to talk. You can join the DS movement by visiting ds.devilsmith.com and you will receive the latest Deadcast episode direct to your inbox.